You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, we've been talking about connection a lot lately. And I'm going to, I've entitled the message today, A Connected Church. Uh, We're going to start with John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8, the Gospel of John. Jesus is speaking, he says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Our focus for this season is at Kolei Community Church is connect. And uh, when we began to, when Mark began to express his desire and his vision for the future, I started researching the word connect. And I found that just about all over the world, That's the buzzword today in the church, getting connected. I just want to say, Mark is not here today, so I just want to say this from the bottom of my heart. I think that that young man is doing an excellent job. All of the things that we are doing now, we are doing in coordinating with him so that when the day comes to take the vote, and if God should be pleased that Mark would take over the reins, there will be no changing. Everybody will know where we're going. There's no no change in direction. And uh, so the best way to do that is start off with the young man that God has laid on my heart to take over from me. I want to talk to you this morning about the next, for about the next 30 minutes, about how to connect to God and to others. You will never have a proper relationship with others without a relationship with God. It just doesn't work any other way. The Bible tells us that we are, we're all born in trespasses and in sin. We were dead branches. Amen? We know that even in human transplants, there must be a match. There must be a likeness. And so for us in the church, the graft wouldn't take. The Lord Lord would reject us because of our sinfulness. If we stayed in our old sinful state, We could never be grafted in to him. Amen? For us to become a living branch, God himself must do the connecting. 
He has to do a miracle to make us complete. Salvation is a miracle. People go looking around for miracles. You want a miracle of healing. You want a miracle in your finances. I'm going to tell you the greatest miracle that could ever take place in anybody's life is the miracle of salvation. Just a few hours after he spoke the word, these words that I read this morning, Jesus went to the cross. The Bible tells us that God loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for our sin. And now all who believe in him has eternal life. It's not a fact where you ask Jesus to come into your heart and you get better and better and better and better and then maybe you'll get eternal life at the end. The moment you could come in here today and never bowed a knee to Christ before, you ask Jesus to come into your heart and you have eternal life. That's how, that's how God does it. That was his plan. All we have to do now is to believe in him. Jesus paid for all for your sins and the sins of the whole world. Those who live, who believe in, in him are made alive in Christ. Miraculously connected to Jesus. We have been made righteous and justified in his sight. It is amazing that somebody can come in here today, ask Christ to come into their heart, and walk out of this building justified. Came in condemned, and walk out justified just as if they had never sinned with a clean slate. Now we must remain connected to Jesus. It is necessary in order to be fruitful and also necessary to remain spiritually alive. We've got to be connected to him. You can't say a sinner's prayer and go on and live the same old way you always lived and be connected to Jesus. When you, when you ask Jesus Christ, to come into your heart, if you really mean it from the depths of your soul, he will forgive you and you become a new creature in him. And you must remain a new creature in him. You must stay connected to him. Jesus says this, abide in me, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's realize who's speaking these words. It's Jesus himself. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. What is Jesus referring to here with regard to fruit? A lot of times we mess up on this one. I'll try to explain it to you today. Most certainly it is referring to reproducing ourselves in others. You see, 
An apple tree bears apples, and it's called fruitful. A pear tree grows pears, produces pears, and it's called a pear tree. It's fruitful. And from the seeds of these trees come other trees that bear other fruit, and they're fruitful. And from you and I as born-again believers, it's a spiritual relationship that we have with God. Your body don't get saved. It is your spirit man that gets saved, gets born again. It's a spiritual birth. We were dead in sin, trespasses and in sin. But Jesus has made us alive. And so now, as new men and women in Christ Jesus, we are responsible to reproduce. For too long, we have been inside the walls of our churches and be content to sing a few hymns and do a little clap and a little dance sometimes and be so thankful that we felt so good. We got goosebumps, or some people like to call it God bumps in the service, and we feel good. But folks, that's not what it's about. It's good to get together like that. I love to come here on Sunday morning. I don't know what to expect. The roof could go over any day at all around here. But we're here to prepare ourselves for out there. We've got a mission field outside of our doors. And we've got to tell them or they'll never know. Just as important, of course, is this fruit of the Spirit. When we come to Christ, when we allow him into our life, we begin to live according to his word, there will be some fruit that will be visible in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness, goodness, self-control. These are things that should be available in our lives and, and, and growing in our lives. Neither of these will be present in a spiritually dead person. Spiritually dead people don't reproduce. They don't, they don't win people to the Lord. And spiritually dead people don't have the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit in their lives either. Let's be black and white today, okay? Don't despise the word of God. If there's a thought that came in your mind when I said that, don't despise it. That's the word of God. And when we live by the word of God, that's when we really come alive. That's when we really begin to enjoy life that God wanted us to have. That's where you enjoy the abundant life. God desires that we be fruitful, bearing much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, 
verse 6, Anyone does not abide in me is cast out as a branch and withered, and, get, and they gathered them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. It is sad, but there's a lot of people who once had a glowing testimony for the Lord, and they're drying up. They're just about weathered. Some of them are weathered already. And they're good for nothing in the kingdom of God. They're useless to God's kingdom in that state. Dead branches are only good for making fire. But here's the promise. Listen to this. You don't have to be a dead branch. You don't have to be. That's a choice that you make. Jesus said in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So my, that's my introduction. My introduction is long and, my, and my, uh, my conclusion is shorter than usual today. So you'll, it'll all balance out. Don't worry. <clears throat> no, not now, sir. <clears throat> Defining the church. I don't know what your idea of the church is this morning. But the church is not an invented way to get your money. God will do quite fine in his kingdom without your money. You will do much better if you give. The church is a God-ordained function of being disciples of Christ. A way for Christian followers of Christ to stay connected to Jesus. The church is a place where people can begin a relationship with Christ and each other. A place where we can all get discipled and taught the word of God. A place where we can gather support and encouragement from each other. Its foundation is Jesus Christ, and he is the wise master builder. Remember that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, will not prevail against it. He's not talking about buildings here. He's talking about people. You and I are the church. We're not the only place the church is in Coal Lake. We've got Baptist brothers and sisters and Alliance brothers and sisters and Anglican brothers and sisters and the list goes on and on of people who are faithfully loving and serving God in the light that they have. And everybody is responsible for the light that you have, what you've understood, what you've been told, and if you're obedient to God's word. 
I have seen people look for a perfect church congregation. There's never one been found yet, and there never will. No matter where you go, you stick around long enough, and you'll find all kinds of things that you find wrong with it. And if you go somewhere else, that there's nothing wrong with it, when you get there, the seed will be sown. <laughs> in Acts chapter 11, we see the first mention of Christians in Antioch. Christians are followers of Christ. Some think that infant baptism makes them a Christian. Others feel that they are Christian because their parents are Christians. Christianity, in its truest sense, is having a personal relationship with Jesus. It is Jesus who said, you must be born again. It's personal. But when it becomes a personal relationship with Christ, then it must be shared so that someone else can have a personal relationship with him as well. The church is commissioned to be about the Father's business. This means reaching out instead of being a bless me club. We gather in our buildings to be equipped for ministry. The church operates under four principles of Christ. Teaching. Teaching is hearing God's word. This develops our faith. Drawing people to Christ. It's the way that God ordained that people would be brought into the family of God. Is by confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Discipling or training, exhorting, encouraging. And then this fellowship, we need each other. I need you, and you need me. It's a part that's God's plan. It's a way to connect to each other and to God. Then there's communion with Christ and with each other. Breaking bread and remembering what Christ has done for us, each one of us, on the cross. And then there's prayer. Prayer is a way to connect with God, praying as a body of Christ that we may make an impact in our community, praying that we would be in the will of God, praying for direction, praying for each other, praying for our needs and the needs of each other. Corporate prayer is powerful. That's why we take some time out of a week to come for an hour or two and to pray together and believe together that God would do great things in our community. Secondly, Jesus is the great connector. John 15, verses 4 to 5 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me you can do nothing. If anybody should know how to connect, it should be God's children. It should be you and I. And some of us are not even close. Isn't that terrible for pastors to say that? 
Some of us are not even close. Connecting is the, hell, is the ability to relate to and identify with people in such a way that it increases your influence with them. When we do it right, it increases our influence with them. What did Jesus say? He wants us to be salt and light. He wants us to connect in such a way in fulfilling the Great Commission that everywhere we go, we will influence people for him. I want to share three foundational thoughts on connecting that can be applied to our spiritual life, your business, your business life, and your family life. The first principle is that connecting is all about others. Connecting is the first, is first helping people to get what they want or what they need. It's about getting down to where they're at. When we understand where they're at, and they understand that we understand, then we can help them to get to where Jesus wants them to be. John Maxwell explains it this way. He said, early in my ministry, I realized that I was a approaching connecting the wrong way. I was trying to get people to come to where I was and, and connect with me. You have heard the expression, it's lonely at the top. A leader never said that. If you are at the top all alone, nobody is following you. And if you are at the top all alone, you're not a leader, you're a hiker. Regardless of who we are, we are to go where the people are. Too long the church in Coal Lake, we built our buildings or we've bought our buildings, and we said, now, we'll wait for the people to come in. Doesn't work that way. I would say that the vast majority of people that are in this room today are, didn't come into a church by chance. Most of you came in because somebody, a friend or a family member, invited you to come. They got, they got hold of God and they began to share their faith and it created an interest in you and you came to see what was happening. What in the world of my friends, what in the world of my family member, my son, my daughter, my in-laws, what did they get into? And you come into a church, and God gets a hold of your heart, and then before you know it, you're a part of the family of God, connected to the vine. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you, my brother. This congregation is to be a church with a message not only delivered by the pastors. What we deliver to you is what we receive from the Lord during the week through prayer and study. And what we, what we share with you is to be shared with other people. 
If it gladdens your heart, if it touches your heart, just think what it might happen if you share that with a fellow member at work, a co-worker, over the lunch table or something like that. We must connect with people out there and in here. Maxwell suggests that the reason he started wrong was because he was immature. Immature persons do not think of others first. Immature people are very selfish people. He suggests that maturity does not necessarily come with age, and I agree with that 100%. I know that we have some young Christians, fairly young Christians in this church that are reading their Bible and praying and and fellowshipping and sharing their faith every day. They're more mature than some of us that have been saved for 50 years. And don't get disgruntled about that. Don't get turned off now. Let's face the truth. It's good good to face reality once in a while. So when, when John, when I read that, what John said, it brought me to an illustration of my own life. One of the greatest blessings of life is becoming a grandparent. Oh, as in every chapter of life, there can, can be some difficult days, there can be difficult times. But those ki- kids keep us young. Andrew was our first grandchild. We waited nine years for Andrew. And when he came, we were so happy. We were thinking that we would probably die and wouldn't be a grandparent. But it turned out after that we had eight grandkids after that. But, um, but when, when, when Andrew was born, his mommy and daddy weren't serving the Lord, and they had separated. Just the thought of another man raising my grandson nearly drove me mad. I was a pastor, cried a lot, prayed a lot, but we never gave up. I remember when we moved to Kalmar, And Effie was unpacking all of the stuff from the move. She came across Dennis and Paula's wedding picture. And something told her, the old devil, of course, you might as well throw that out. They'll never be back together. And Effie said, devil, you're a liar. I'm holding on and I'm believing they will be back together. Well, God answered prayer. A couple of months later, my son and daughter-in-law got back together. And I had the privilege of helping them dedicate Andrew to the Lord in our church in Kalmar. When he was old enough, Andrew would come to visit us quite often. We would go up to Fort McMurray and pick him up, bring him down for a week or two. And we granted him his every wish. 
within reason, of course. But uh, during those years, he thought that Papa was the greatest because I did everything for him. We ate loads and loads of ice cream and candy bars and Coke and chips. It probably contributed to health issues later in life, but I didn't care. <laughs> I was having a blast with my little grandson. I was enjoying life with my grandson. We were blessed with eight grandchildren, and I went through the same routine with all of them. In fact, I still have Cindy's kids, and, and they're starting to get a bit older now, but I'm still able to spoil them to some extent. I have related that to say this. I don't remember them once saying, Papa, you have done so much for me. I want to do something for you. In their mind, Papa was there to play with them, give them horseyback rides. You might, anyone that's seen on our site, you'll see uh, Cindy and, uh, not, not Cindy, Mackenzie and Libby on, on my shoulders, uh, giving them horseyback rides. One of them is 10 years ago, and the other one is a little bit later than that, earlier than that. But um, when you're young, Papas are there to do all these things, to play with them, to give them junk food, fix things. It's all about me, 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 you know, like do something for me, Papa, do something for me. And, and, and that's immaturity. That's immaturity. That's okay when you're five years of age, but it's sad when you're 25, and when you're 35, and when you're 45, and you're still looking to mommy and daddy to fix things for you. Well, one evening this year, Effie and I met with Andrew and Katie, his fiance, and at a restaurant. Andrew is 20, what, 20, 24 now. We met at a restaurant, and uh, we were finishing our meal, and the waiter brought the bill, and I reached out to get it, and Andrew says, no, Papa, I got this one. That's maturity. When you begin to realize that Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. I can't pay for what Christ did for me, but I can serve him. I can live in obedience to his name and to his word. And that's what God wants. The first principle of connecting is not about you, it's about others. The second principle of connecting is that it requires energy. Maxwell says that the day that, uh, that the only difference between a great dating life and an average marriage is that you work harder when you're dating. Isn't that true, guys? <laughs> okay. So, I moved to my second church that was 
the church was older than I am right now when we got there. And uh, they had a reputation for being hard on pastors, and many had left defeated and deflated, and some even left the ministry after they left that church. And the pastor who came in after I resigned that church left in the middle of the night, didn't tell anyone he was going. That'll tell you a little bit about that church. I made the mistake of assuming that long-term Christians would be an asset to the church growth, but I was wrong. You remember that song? Wrong. If you're country western, this is only for country western guys. And uh, so um, within six months, we had packed the auditorium, and uh, I did everything I knew in those days to continue the church growth. But I had the young people who wanted the fire of God and, and uh, you know, the charismatic type service. The others wanted the old tradition, and uh, I couldn't get the two to come to grips come to agreement. So after two years, I resigned. I did not understand then, but I know now, I wasn't willing to put in the energy needed to get the job done. It's a chapter in my ministry that, I will, that always bothers me. I think I could have done a better job for the Lord if I had been willing to put the energy into it. It was, a big, it was a big job ahead, but I wasn't willing. The first principle of connecting then is that it is not about you, it's about others. The second principle is that it is connecting requires energy. If we're going to be a church that connects, we can't just sit back and do nothing. We've got to do something about it. We've got to want to connect with other people. And the third principle is that connectors find common ground. To be effective, we have to go where people, people are and know what the people know. Great connectors find common ground and then they Attempt to lead people to higher ground. Common ground is about relationships. We are connected by the precious blood of Jesus. But in the secular community, it's, it's a different story. The common ground is respect. You don't get a relationship with the world outside until there's a mutual respect. So how do you win their respect? Well, it's what I've been saying for the past 16 years here in Coal Lake. Study your Bible, know it, live by its principles as a way of life. You will win their respect. If you say one thing and do another, they will spot you for what you are. Mm -hmm. 
So how do you win the respect? Read your Bible, know it, live by its principles as a way of life. Do you know that you can take a principle from the Bible and speak it into someone's life? You don't have, them, have to tell them it's from the Bible. You don't have to tell them chapter and verse. Just speak it. It's wisdom. And they will be blown off their feet that you know so much. It's not your wisdom. It's God's wisdom. And you are speaking it. When we speak the wisdom of God, we will be perceived as wise. You'll see how quickly you will win their respect. There will be plenty of time for Bible study after they have come to Christ. Then you can help to get them grounded with the word. Right now, they're looking for answers, and you have the answer. They don't have to know you found it in the Bible. In fact, many will shut you out. If you mention the, na- the Bible or the name of Jesus, they will shut you down. They say, I don't want anything to do with you. Above all, learn to be led and motivated by the Spirit. Know what the Word of God says and quote it liberally. So in conclusion, I had finished approximately eight years at Syncrude and was back supervising their huge tank farm as a summer student. I had a good rapport with the workers. In fact, they gave me a lovely Samsonite briefcase when I left for Northwest College. I had my share of digs and crude remarks concerning my faith. I was the, the brunt of a number of jokes. Sometimes, a centerfold of play-by or hustler would be sneaked into my lunch tent, and they would all be waiting for my reaction when I opened up the lid. Sadar, that's not his real name, but I just, it's close. Sadar was probably the most vocal person in the group. He was from Pakistan. He was not of the Christian faith. One day he came to me with a very serious problem. And he says, I know that you're a man of God and I need help. The opportunity was there. I finally had some common ground with Sadar. And after talking with him for a while, sharing with him, I was able to lead him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. For six months later, I counseled with him over the phone. While I was at, at Syncrude, I, we would go off in my car and we would park. And I would talk with him and pray with him and share scripture with him couple hours sometimes. If he had been the only one that I had ever won to Christ, I considered those six months worth it. Later he left Syncrude and went to, went to uh, 
the Husky down in Lloydminster. I don't know, he may be still there. But I'm glad that I had an opportunity to share with him. Connecting is not about you. It's about others. So keep reaching out. Keep reaching out. Connecting requires energy. We must make the effort and pray for the power. Keep into his word and keep praying and make the effort. And connectors find common ground. Ask the Lord for for a spiritual sensitivity to people's needs. God can show you when you ask somebody how's it going, God can show you if it's uh, just a, a mask that's put on with a smile, everything is good. But inside, they're crying, I need help. Most importantly, let's keep connected to the vine. Let's keep connected to Jesus. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we're nothing. Without him, we're just spiritually dry twigs. Good only for a campfire. And God meant for you and I to be much more valued than that. Amen? Folks, I don't know. I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would take this word and make it real to your heart. I pray that God has given you some revelation today. And if your heart has been touched, don't let it grow cold and forget all about it and let the, this whole week go by the way that everyone has gone for month after month after month. It's time to do something about it. There's a stirring in the air. There's a sense in our spirits. Everyone who's in contact with the Lord knows Something is about to happen. So let's turn our eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How many people in this congregation know that song or part of it? Let's see. Enough of us to sing it without the music, okay? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Let the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you today. Stay close to God. Get connected to the vine. And get connected to others. Invite others, introduce others to Jesus. That's our whole reason. That's our whole purpose for being here. Amen.
Amen. Anyone needs prayer, you come. I'll be glad to pray with you. Otherwise, the service is dismissed. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.